welcome to Listen and Learn with your favourite teacher. For more resources to support your learning, visit yourfavouriteteacher.com. Today we're going to be discussing the theme of love in the novel Pride and Prejudice. Love can come in many forms, including our two most prevalent ones, familial and, of course, romantic. Austin makes it her point to discuss and provide a contextual commentary on both, using the characters and attitudes provided in the novel. The relationships within the novel are only presented as successful when they are not based on shallow attraction, but real love and affection instead. The really unhappy relationships in the novel are often those who never got to know each other very well and based their futures on their first impressions. Ironically, Austen first called the novel First Impressions. How suiting. Examples of this archetype of a shallow marriage would include Mr and Mrs Bennet, Lydia and Wickham, and arguably Charlotte and Mr Collins. Mr. Bennet is said to have been captivated by youth and beauty, which means he fancied the pants off Mrs. Bennet because she was quite the catch. Unfortunately, her intellect didn't match her looks, and soon her lack of intellect put an end to all real affection. Similarly, Charlotte accepted Mr. Collins' proposal out of necessity, and less so for the physical or intellectual attraction she may have had. Mr. Collins was quite smitten with Charlotte Lucas, but we can't necessarily say the same about her, which is the reason she spends most of her free time avoiding him at all costs. Furthermore, the relationship of Lydia and Wickham is also portrayed with an aura of incoming doom. It's rooted in shallow qualities, such as physical attraction and the monetary betterment of Wickham's pockets. After all, he was bribed with a sum of money by Mr Darcy, which is always an incentive for our money-hungry antagonist. Austin describes the relationship of Lydia and Wickham to have passions which were stronger than their virtues. This points to the fact that they were supposedly very attracted to each other. However, we know when the soldiers were stationed in Meryton, Lydia developed very short-lived obsessions with a new officer every week. To assume she would have been capable of commitment to a single man at her very young age is just a highly unrealistic expectation, considering the immaturity of our Lydia Bennett. This then justifies the fact that the intense moments of passion between Lydia and Wickham were soon followed by sheer indifference. This mirrors her parents' marriage and draws a parallel in foreshadowing her slightly bland future. On the other hand, Eliza truly dislikes Darcy at the beginning of the novel, and he doesn't care for her much either. However, when they get to know each other, they're both sensible enough to learn to recognise the positives of each other's characters and go off personal merits as opposed to physical appearances and first impressions. The terrible first impressions of each other is actually yet another of the obstacles placed before our hero and heroine that they must overcome. Mr Darcy explicitly says Eliza is tolerable but not handsome enough to tempt him. And she simply does not care about his opinion of her. She liked him too little to care for his approbation. Those attitudes soon turned into exclamations such as 
dearest, loveliest Elizabeth, what do I not owe you? And admissions of grand proportions like, I do like him, I love him, he has no improper pride. Eliza and Darcy spend the entirety of the novel learning things from each other and breaking down their prejudices and societal standards. Doing this allows our protagonist couple to realise not only the faults of their counterparts, but also their own flaws, which creates an inclination for tolerance in them both. This not only develops their characters, exploring personal growth and the process of maturing, but also makes their relationship stronger. Because of their differences, they seem to strike a balance in their relationship, which none of our other couples quite know how to achieve. Unlike her younger sister and Mr Darcy, Jane and Bingley catch each other's fancy almost instantly, but unlike Lydia and Wickham, they do not act on their initial attraction and wait in order to both ascertain and assess how their relationship will develop. The time apart really hurts both of them, and therefore when we meet them again, and they eventually marry, they know down to their core that their relationship is based on true love and real appreciation, as opposed to just first impressions. Austen uses the theme of love to also tell us about the characters themselves. For example, Miss Bingley's feelings towards Mr Darcy are left very public, due to the fact that she obnoxiously flirts with him constantly, even though it's clear he's not interested and he attempts to shut her down every time. The extent of her flattery towards Darcy makes her seem desperate, almost as if she's just trying to land herself a rich husband. Jane, on the other hand, is very private about her feelings, gaining her criticism from Charlotte, who says Jane needs to show more affection towards Bingley. Had Jane listened to Charlotte, Darcy would have never attempted to split her and Bingley up. However, the behaviour of Jane depicts to the audience two important matters. Jane is a genuine young lady and won't change the way she acts in order to find herself a nice rich husband, as well as the dilemma of young women at that time. The dilemma in question is the fact that their only means of financial stability is attracting a rich husband. But they can't appear too forward or too desperate like Miss Bingley because that behaviour could have a detrimental effect on their reputation as well as their families, not to mention scaring off potential suitors. Austin contrasts Jane, who we love, with Miss Bingley, who is not as well liked and for a good reason. She does this in order to present the view that perhaps Jane had the correct attitude in regard to relationships and finding a husband. Austen also makes it a point of hers to depict that the intelligent, sensible characters are the ones to enjoy relationships that are both romantic and reasonable. Mr Darcy knows that it would not be sensible for him to marry Eliza because of her social standing. However, he also refuses to marry Anne de Bourgh, even though this would improve his own status, because he doesn't love her, and that's important to him. Eliza, on the other hand, doesn't want to marry Wickham, because he truly is penniless, but simultaneously rejects Mr Collins because she can't stand him. She also rejects Darcy to begin with, because she doesn't believe she's capable of loving a man like Darcy. How wrong she was. Compared to the other girls in the novel, Eliza marries well in the end, combining practicality and romance. 
Lydia follows her heart straight into a loveless marriage, potentially risking her reputation along the way. Charlotte, on the other hand, follows her head into a loveless marriage, strictly for the prospect of financial stability. Eliza combines the two approaches and follows both her heart and her head into a successful, happy relationship. This is because the two parties involved resolved their issues, those being prejudice against lower classes and holding grudges against the prejudiced individuals. In the end, Elizabeth sees Darcy as exactly the man who would suit her most, which solidifies Austen's idea that marriage for a purpose other than love will almost always make the two parties involved unhappy. I'm Miss Meeks with your favourite teacher and we've been looking at the theme of love in Pride and Prejudice. Visit yourfavouriteteacher.com for videos, worksheets and everything you need to exceed in your studies. Thanks for listening.